On the new podcast, American Criminal, you'll learn about the fraud, theft, and murder that marks the dark side of the American dream. Like the Menendez murders, was it two greedy kids who killed their parents for money, or is there more? Listen to American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. At the end of the day, there, there is nothing like, no matter where you are in that stadium, and again, I've been hands on the stage and I've been as euchre as you can be. And the experience is as good at, at either location. I really mean it. I was very blessed in 2016 being in the pit every night. That was a definite lucky break uh, for a lot of reasons. You know, I just think each tour brought something uniquely different. everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Set Lessing Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. I am your host, Jesse Jackson, and joining me today, it's been way too long. I looked it up, Mitch Slater, May 2016 was the last time you were on the show. That is almost wow. six years. <laughs> wow, wow. That is, that's like, that's right after the uh, Brooklyn shows in 20, I mean, you know, it's a long, that's a long time ago, boy. Yeah, in fact, it's, um, and by the way, Mitch Slater is on the phone, uh, and I better uh, get that uh, out before, because normally my guests and I do kind of a few minutes of warm up. Mitch and I, it feels like we have been friends for decades, even though it hasn't been exactly. that long. So I was immediately like, let's just record, we'll just catch up. Uh, yeah, the last time you we were on, um, the note I read is you were talking about making a dozen river shows and the band had gone to Europe during that last right. river tour. So, yeah, I wound up doing, I think it was 29 shows on, on that tour. And uh, it seems like a lifetime ago. It, it does. Really does. Do you, is that the most shows you've ever done on a one specific tour? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even though, you know, I'm somewhere in the 270, 280 range, you know, life to date. Yeah. Um, I, I can't remember doing that many shows in one tour. Although, you know, when you when you, when you used to play like eight nights at Giant Stadium or 10 nights yeah. at the Garden and I do, you know, either all of those nights or most of those nights that would that would add up quickly. But yeah. You know, the 2016 tour was, a, I think, a, I think a really special year. I mean, you know, it's I mean, it, it ranks definitely up there with one of the great tours. I think I think everyone would, would agree. I know you're a regular listener of the podcast. You are incredibly supportive to me on both social media and through emails. I, like I said, we I, I think of you as a friend and I hope same you here. feel the same way. And absolutely, but, you know. Last year, I had a guy on the podcast, and I, I'm going to have to look up his name. But anyway, he talked about sitting in the pit during the 99 reunion tour and saying, mm -hmm. this is it. This is the highlight of my Springsteen fandom. They, they broke up. They're back together. We've seen them. What else can they do? Maybe every few years they'll get together and tour, but you know, this is the apex. And he said, I want to go back to that guy and said, you've got magic coming. You've got the rising coming. You have wrecking ball coming. You have Western stars. You have Bruce on Broadway, you know, it just the amount of things you've got coming. This is, this is, this is halftime. <laughs> This is yeah. even, that's know. a great way of putting it, you know, and, and, and I think that, you know, when you look back on, on Bruce's career, I think you got 75 through 2000. Yeah. And I think you've got 2000. And I'm going to I'm going to go to 2025, because I think we have um, one to two more tours coming and probably a lot of other exciting, unique, different things coming. So it's it, it's interesting 
that you used the word halftime because, of course, we also had a halftime show. Yeah. After that, too. So um, and it's 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 been a hell of a ride. And it's uh, it, it, it's uh, it's tough. I mean, it's been really you know, I've been fortunate enough to um, with with my show and with other things that I'm doing in my life to to have seen a lot of the other members of the band and spoken to them and taking an acting class with Maureen Van Zandt right now and who I'm very close with. And, you know, so I, I've I've been fortunate to develop these different relationships from a variety of different things that have happened. But at the end of the day, there there is nothing like, you know, no matter where you are in that stadium. And again, I've been hands on the stage and I've been as euchre as you can be. Yes. And the experience is as good, you know, at, at either location. I really mean it. I mean, it's, I, I, I always, I was very blessed in 2016 being in the pit every night. That was a definite, you know, lucky break uh, for a lot of reasons. But um, I, you know, I just think each tour brought something uniquely different. And it's so interesting now in retrospect, as all of these shows come out, you know, uh, once a month and, and, and we we're, we're blessed to have, what you know, I had and probably you had is bootlegs in college yeah. and cassette tapes and vinyl. Um, to now be able to relive these shows, and um, you know, it's funny. And I was thinking about talking tonight, I was like, What you know, what, what's something that might be interesting that we probably didn't talk about last time? And I found something, and we're Jesse and I are on Zoom right now, so we're yeah. looking at each other. So I found this piece of paper here, it's Valeria, you probably can't see it, but yeah, back. Uh, this is from March 2nd, 1981 at Hampton Coliseum in Virginia. And, you know, everyone has that show that means so much to them for right. whatever reason. This was that show for me. And the reason was it was the first I was working at a rock radio station in Washington, D.C., D.C. 101. And it was the first opportunity that I had to really cover a show. They sent me to cover the show. Um, and I was an intern. I mean, I was an intern and I was actually working for Howard Stern, which is a whole separate <laughs> podcast in itself. But, you know, and, and intermission, I, my job was to get on a payphone and call and talk about the show so far. And then after the show, give, give a review. And it's just so much fun looking at my handwritten set list from, from that night. Um, this was the second leg of the river tour in 81. Um, and that was, uh, I think this was the first night, first or second night he played this land is your land. Um, and, 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 and we'll stop the rain. And uh, I mean, it was a phenomenal show. The, the river tours, whether that tour or, or the most recent one are, are very, very special. But, but one of the things that was pretty cool is back in 2000, um, when I had the opportunity for the first time to, to meet our friend Bruce, um, that came about because Max Weinberg had uh, New Jersey Devils hockey tickets near me and my son. And I became friendly with him. We actually had a lot in common. My brother-in-law went to summer camp with him. We all grew up in the same area. Right. And, um, and one night during a skate with the Devils night where you, the kids got to go on the ice and skate with the team, my son and Jay Weinberg, now a great drummer with yes. a slip, but not, um, we're out on the ice and, uh, getting signatures with Marty Brodeur or whatever. And, and, and my son at the time was eight, came over to Max and goes, my dad wants to meet your boss. And I'm like, oh, you know, it's the one thing I don't do. I just, I talk to him like a regular guy. Right. Exactly. The shows, you know, and, um, and it's funny because he remembered that when I interviewed him last June for my one, my 100th episode. And, um, he gave me the opportunity and Merrill Lynch, who I worked for at the time, uh, things were a little different in my industry, paid for the opportunity to have me yeah. at one of the first Kristen Ann Carr uh, um, private events in a mm-hmm. VIP room with 25 people. Yeah. And in walks Bruce and Patty. And I'm there with two or three clients, really yeah. friends. And, um, you know, what do you do? You know, I meet him. Of course, Patty, uh, Max introduces me. Patty goes, because Patty can be a little bit of a wise guy. Patty, Patty says, Bruce, it's Mitch. You know, like, oh boy, this is yeah. going to be great. And then Bruce went and sat and he held court. Okay. And yeah. Clarence was talking to him and Steve was talking to him. And, 
and whoever was in Max was there, a couple other people. And then um, finally, Max was there and he waves for me to come over. And I see this bouncer come and Max is like, no, 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 no problem. And he sits me down and he says, Bruce, take a few minutes to talk to my friend, Mitch. We're, we're, we're big hockey buddies. Like, so what do you say? And I'm sure yeah. you've asked this question to so many of your guests. Like, yeah. really, what do you say when, when, when yeah. you, you, you meet your, your, I don't know, your, I, I hate the word idol, you know, or boyhood hero, but, you know, just someone that is obviously yeah. such a big part of your life. Yeah. And, and what do I say? Hampton, 1981. Two words. And he looks at me and he goes, why does everyone talk about that show? Everyone loves that show. <laughs> and I said, I said, you know what? For me, Bruce, it was a big deal. I was working at a radio station and it was uh, just an opportunity to report on the show. And, and it was a really, I said, it was a great show. It was the beginning of the second leg and you had just begun playing this land is your land and, and, and we'll stop the rain. And, and uh, you were throwing in a lot of fun stuff in the uh, encores, like uh, mystery train we did that night. And, um, and I was like, I can't believe that's what I spent my time talking to him about. Um, But, but it was a conversation and uh, he was generous as he always is with everybody um, to, to at least talk about that. But anyway, there's uh, there's a lot of history there. Yeah. So real quick, just uh, in case someone has never, um, caught you on social media, has never heard your earlier shows. Like I said, it was six years since we've had you on. Give us your elevator pitch of who is Mitch Slater. So Mitch Slater is a frustrated actor who has to find something creative in his life every day uh, to, to, to keep him going. And uh, he's a guy that um, has loved music from the womb. I mean, my parents played a lot of music. Now, again, you know, their music was the Sinatra and Tony Bennett of the day. And, of course, the comedians of Alan Sherman and, and others at the time, Don Rickles. Um, but I, I was the youngest of three kids. So I have a sister 10 years older, Diana. My brother, Jeff, is seven years older. And my sister, when I was four years old in 1964, of course, the Beatles were everything in her life. And my uncle took her actually to the Shea Stadium show. And I used to sing Beatles songs nonstop and and play the 45s. And then when I got a little older and my brother was, you know, very cool, early 70s, late 60s kind of kid. And and he's playing Jethro Tull and Frank Zappa and Zeppelin. And I just loved all of that. I just, Mm -hmm. you know, started getting into that music as well as loving jazz because my dad was working at a jazz label and my and show tunes because I was in musicals and, and throughout schools um I just love music and music has just always been part of my life um I didn't discover Bruce I mean I, I knew about him in 74 yeah. and 75 because of a of a friend who was obviously a lot cooler than me when I was you know playing Aqualung 25 you know times a night um he was listening to this you know, greetings from Asbury Park record. Um, but anyway, I'm a guy who just loves music, uh, loved acting, did as much as I could, went to school in D.C., um, had the fortunate, uh, really very fortunate to intern and work for a lot of very cool people at CBS News, for Charlie Rose, um, for Howard Stern, and then... Uh, my very good friend who I lost last year and we all lost Larry King um, hired me out of college and I became his uh, producer on his all night radio show. And, you know, sometimes I tell my kids I peaked in my twenties cause I, it was just an incredible experience to be that age, you know, in your early twenties and every single night meeting Willie Mays, Hank Aaron, Reagan, Carter, uh, you know, the great comedians of the time the, the, or the or earlier times, the Milton Burles, the yeah. Bob Hopes, and, you know, and it's just ridiculous. But it was, a, I observed a guy and I took two things away from that that changed my life. Number one, 
I watched somebody listen. And Larry King always said he never learned anything with his mouth open. And I took that to heart. And that's something that's really helped me a lot in, in my own work and, and everything else in my life. And also Larry King was very curious and he would get the book for the show. James Michener was on and he wouldn't read the book because he wanted to put himself as you do on your podcast. You do a great job with this is you try to put yourself in the mind of the listener. So somebody out there is listening. I'm sure there are a lot of people that are out there listening to, to this tonight and they may be thinking, well, wait, he just mentioned Howard Stern. What's Howard Stern like? What was he like? Yeah. Then? You know, you, so you start to think about different things, right. that, you know, that, that you want to be curious about because that's what life is. It's, it's being a good listener and being curious. And I think people can take that in their, in their lives, no matter what they do. And I was lucky to have that experience. I wound up giving it, you know, a shot out in LA and in acting and, and TV worked on Love Boat. Uh, yeah, was on a game a game show called Love Connection. Anyone who follows me has probably seen the video four hundred times. Um, and uh, I don't show my Playboy Channel video. I only show the Love Connection video. <laughs> that's um, that's a story I've never told before. But uh, you know, it's clean. But you know, I'm happy okay. to tell it. Um, but um, it it really you know taught me gave gave me the, the freedom to, to be creative. And then when I moved back to the East Coast, worked for uh, Terry Gross, who has still, I think, one of the great shows out there today, Fresh Air, in Philadelphia, where I met my wife and eventually went to work in a totally different business, uh, the financial services industry, um, right around the time of the market crash. But yeah. my love of Bruce Springsteen all kept through it. So no matter where I was, I was going to shows. If I had business in St. Louis in 1985, I was, you know, I pushed yeah. stadium. You know what I, when you were on here earlier, and I recommend people going back into the archives and listen, because Mitch had some great stories and, and we won't repeat them here because there's so much new Bruce to talk about. But one of the things that you said and and it has been a while so if i'm wrong don't be please uh correct me but you said you know jesse there's an inner circle and then there's another ring out and that's kind of where i hang right i would never say i'm in the inner circle but right. i also think <laughs> I, i'm kind of it and when i hear your podcasts when I hear your stories, and I mean this with love in my heart, you're kind of Tom Hank Forrest Gump, right? You just happen to be at like by sheer luck, by sheer circumstances, you know, like, for example, I, we were just casually talking and I was talking about, you know, Harlan Corbin's one of my favorite writers. Oh, right. He's my neighbor. I'm like, Get the F out of here. Right. You know, um, you know, your niece, you know, has written some great books. Right. You know, you, you, yeah. um, you know, you uh, I've been lucky enough to meet Brad Meltzer at various book signings. Then we're here in Dallas. And so he um, he he knows me like when I stand up for to ask a question he goes oh jesse okay you're gonna finish it jesse you'll be the last question and he's uh, so good at that and he learns and, people yeah. very well and um when i was diagnosed with colon cancer several years ago um he twitter dm'd me cancer what's going on so uh, you know truly wonderful one of the best just a great guy but you just have been a little bit of luck and a, and a lot of hard work, you've been able to just interact with a lot of people that we would call quote unquote celebrities. Don't, don't you find that? Yeah. I, I yeah, I, I, Zelig has always been one of my favorite movies. Uh, yes. That's um, even a in better the Woody Allen yes. world. So, yeah. So I, I, in many ways find that these things happen to me and, and I, and I just like, and as my kids say, like, I, I, how did that happen? You know? And, and it's funny cause you know, they, you do make your own luck. I mean, the reason that I got in that inner, you know, <laughs> we described the circles and, 
if there's five circles of Bruce, I'm in circle three, maybe yeah. with my feet a little bit in two every now and then. Yeah. I'll never get further, but I'm, I, I yeah, you're happy less. to it. Yeah. Could care less. Um, but the reason that that happened is that I took a chance and I, you know, when little kids rock was first doing some of their productions, I would, I would retweet stuff. I, I, and I didn't know, I didn't know Maureen or Steven at all. Yeah. And Maureen sent me a DM and said, you know, I really like what you've put out there. Um, I know I could see you like music and obviously know, know what you're talking about. We're looking for another board member at Little Kids Rock. I'd like you to be my guest at this year's um, performance. Um, and I want you. And that night she introduced me to um, the guy who was uh, Dave, who was running Little Kids Rock at the time. And um you know, it was just, and I remember my partner at work saying, what are you doing? What were you bothering with that? And then the next thing we were bringing clients to that event, it turned out to be good for business as well as everything else. And then suddenly, and I don't know if I told the story on, 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 on the last time, but it's, it's one of my favorite stories because I think it kind of puts it all together. Um, we were at the little kids rock event at uh, Cipriani's in New York and um, Stephen was producing a great show. And there were a lot of great entertainers that night. I think we're honoring Darlene Love. And I'm there like three in the afternoon or whatever it was. There was a little bit of a rehearsal and board members are allowed to be there for the rehearsal, um, which was cool because Stephen doesn't let anybody in for rehearsals. Mm -hmm. But um, I was lucky to be there. And a big guy that we wanted to get that night was Brian Wilson. And we thought we had him, then we didn't have him, then we thought we had him, then it turned out he needed a plane to fly back to Vegas for another show, and it was a hundred grand. And Stephen picked up the phone and he called his buddy Jimmy Iovine, and who had just sold beats for billions of dollars to yes. Apple. And suddenly we got a plane, and Brian Wilson was there. So there's Brian Wilson sitting there. Um, with uh, a talented band, including Jake, actually. And, and he's the start singing God Only Knows. And this guy comes up next to me, and I'm, you know, focused on Brian Wilson. And with a heavy British accent, he says, can you fucking believe this? And I look, and it's Elvis Costello. And, and I'm like, I'm like, touch me, man. I mean, yeah. I, 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 how, how is this happening? How is this 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 Jewish kid from New Jersey sitting here watching, you know, one of the greats of all time, Brian Wilson, the the the, the real talent in the Beach Boys, and, yes. and 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 someone who's had more influence on music than just about anyone else, and and Elvis Costello, who meant so much to me because in college radio, you know, we claimed that we were one of the first stations right. uh, playing him, and and he played a concert at our college and. With, with the police in 1979. And, um, you know, it's like, yeah, these moments. Yeah. How, how do we get this? Um, I got to ask you. Them all. Yeah, you got to share as well. I, I know from our previous conversations that you said you're a frustrated actor. I was going to say I would have said frustrated piano player because you talk about how much you love and for your birthday you guys uh you know you got to play a little bit of, of music if i remember fire um mm -hmm. but have you listened to brian's new album with him just playing the the beach boy songs on the piano it's it's brought tears to my eyes yeah it's spectacular yeah and and i i say this with no criticism um no, I'm going to, I'll make this point in a few minutes. I, I agree. I got the album and I put it on and I was like, it, it's so, what a unique idea. And, and I mm -hmm. figured someone who loves the piano as much as you to hear, you can honestly use the word genius on his career. And, and the guy who's had so much struggle in life, that movie, Love and Mercy, you know, made me cry because it was so good. Uh, and, and you know, his life has been that way. Yeah. And to hear him just on a piano playing, wouldn't it be nice? You still believe in me. It was, it's really something special. 
It, it is. And, and when you have these artists, and it's interesting because I was watching or listening to an interview recently with Bruce when he was talking about um, how he wrote all of Born to Run on the piano. And, you know, people don't give him credit enough. And, you know, he always says, I'm not, a, you know, it's my worst instrument and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet anyone who saw him on Broadway probably thought, you know, he yeah. handled it pretty well, right? He's got um, a little something. Yeah, he knew his chords. And, 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 and I think when these artists get, you know, to sit down and, and, and just as raw as can be and just play their music, um, just to correct you on something, my neighbor is Johnny Resnick of the Goo Goo Dolls, but I do okay. know Harlan Coben okay. very well. Okay. Yes. Um, but, but, but I'll give Johnny, you know, uh, you know, Johnny sat down at the piano uh, a few months ago. Um, I was at his house and, and was just playing around and, you know, everyone knows his guitar playing, but the guy was like staggering and he writes most of the songs that way. And, you know, I think piano players are, are not celebrated enough in rock and roll. Right. And, and I, I think that the genius of Freddie Mercury and I mean, there are very few people you can use genius with. And he, I think you would agree that's that word. Yeah. But anyone that plays piano and has read the sheet music for Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah. Know, we'll just throw that out there. I, I, you know, maybe with the exception of Billy Joel, uh, you know, I mean, the, 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 the kind of writing, prolific writing that, that, that he was doing, it, it was so, you know, classical and, and, and rock and, and and just a little bit of everything at once and 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 I think our our fellow Springsteen fans that are listening they all love Roy and he's yeah. the professor and and honestly for me I've met everyone in the band meeting him was the greatest thrill much you, more than Bruce you said that last time you said yeah. that that yeah. you know as I someone... think about the time we talked that yeah. I, that just recently happened in Baltimore yeah. at a show and um, and what I got to talk to him about was point blank because yeah. I I try to play the intro, um, mm-hmm. and I, I, I I'm constantly struggling with it. It's five sharps, I think, and it's it's it, but you know it's the ten thousand hours, Jesse. I mean, it's, yeah, it's it that's is. what it is. These these are people that have put so much time and effort throughout their life on mm-hmm. their instrument that it becomes second nature. And that's, that's why Max Weinberg is Max Weinberg. I mean, there's just, yeah. you know, they're, they're so good at what they do, but um, it's interesting. You brought up the Brian Wilson record. Cause I, yeah. I, I think that people tend to not realize, you know, how much talent is still in that brain and still yeah. he's able to, you know, get it on the keys. Yeah. I'm so glad he did that. I think Me that's too. important for his legacy. I think so too. Um, a lot to cover, but um, I take one millimeter, one percent pride in um, your podcast journey because I had you on a couple of times, and then, and it's not connected at all. But I'm going to take a little bit of credit. You started podcasting, and and I went, you know what? Oh, you should take a lot of credit. Oh, that's that's very sweet of you I was to say, very, uh, Jesse, it's very true. I Listen, I, I had been trying to do a podcast at my company for five years. And, okay. you know, they said no to me every single way. Now, I could have just done a Bruce one. But honestly, I thought you were doing a pretty damn good job. And I didn't really feel like I needed to cover yeah. that space. And and to be fair, my friend Flynn is doing a wonderful job. Oh, with, yeah, I love that. Yeah. With, with none yeah. but the brave. They're, they're I was doing so a good glad. Job. So I, yeah. Flynn yeah, joined yeah, me and, once, and that was a great conversation. Yeah. I, I just, I, I love oh, him. He's yeah. a, Flynn is salt of the earth. He's a, he's yeah. a great guy. Um, and um, so I, 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 I have this client who people know in the social media world, Gary Vaynerchuk yeah. or Gary V. And, you know, he really turned me on to, uh, to everything social media. Yeah. And finally, you know, uh, after asking, and and it was not that long after doing your show, and, and and your show, I remember after doing it, I was listening and and listening to some more of the shows, and I'm like, I, I this is just such a natural step for me who had done radio for years, 
and there really wasn't a place to do radio. And right. you were just so, you know, I liked your format of comfort and making the guests comfortable. And that to me had been the goal of my show the whole time is that yeah. it's not about me. It's about the guest. Um, as Larry King said to me in, in the first interview I did with him, um, which was my first episode done, done at his house in Beverly Hills, which was a, which was a, an absolute thrill. Yeah. Um, you know, he said, Mitch, this is your show. He says, you know, and as he would talk about different things that, on CNN and he would realize it's his show and he has to control it. He says, you, you tell me to get up and, you know, uh, dance like a frog right now if you want. Um, and, and I said, no, I said, I want you to sing a Springsteen song. And he sang Santa Claus on my show. All right. <laughs> he said, I only know one. And he sang Santa Claus. And um, one of his great regrets, and he died with it, is never interviewing Bruce. And sadly, um, in I guess that was um, early April of 2016, when they had the three shows in L.A., um, I had arranged for Larry to come with me. Um, he was going to come through this little Stevens underground and, and, yeah. and Steven was going to hook him up and, and I wasn't even going to be involved and he probably would have gone backstage and talked to Bruce, but Larry just was not mm. in good health uh, at the time. And, and, and sadly for him, he missed that opportunity, but you know, I, I, I do think that the, for me, the, the challenge of making every episode have something unique and special in it is, is so important. And you know what? And I think you've learned this too. I, I think that, you know, you start out doing the show like this and you start thinking how many lists and you, and, and you may, you actually get more information than I do because my company actually owns the show. Okay. So I have to fight to get the information. Yes. And, 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 and I liked getting it and it was great. Yeah. And I, I heard the show was listened to in 31 countries I knew where that was coming from because of Springsteen and because right. of the fans and all that other yeah. stuff. But Guy Raz, I'm not sure if you're familiar with him, um, hosts a show called How I Built This on okay. NPR. Guy, he, he hosts a number of shows. He does shows for kids too. Um, there's 110 million downloads. I mean, he's extremely yeah. popular. And, and his book, How I Built This, came out. And I was lucky enough to get him on my show as a guest. And he said to me, he said, you know, I said, so tell me the difference about doing, because he was a war correspondent. Tell me the difference about the first couple of episodes, you know, when you didn't know how many people were listening. And how do you, how do, how do you even manufacture in your brain the idea that there's 110 million ears listening yeah. to you right now? And he said, well, you know, I never think of it that way, but I go back to the early days and I would hear that maybe 100 people would listen. And I would be, oh, that's terrible. That's terrible. And he said, someone said to him, and this is what he repeated on my show, and it meant so much to me, he says, and I'll say it to you, Jesse, where in the world are you going to go on a street corner and 100 people are going to gather around or 40 people or 30 people or 2,200, whatever the number is, and actually listen to what you and your guest has to say. And that just gave me a whole fresh new outlook on, on, on podcasting, on broadcasting. I mean, I don't care how many followers people have. And, and you know, we're so, so we can go to the whole conversation. Yeah, exactly. Our, our society and influencers and all that crap. But yeah. I, I just think that if, if you get the right audience and you have audience that, of people that love music, of course, love Bruce, and that's a family and that's kind of yes. what you know you've created on your show and what I've tried to create on my show um and it's always going to bleed my passions right so yes there's going to be you know shows with Frank Stefanko and Pam Springsteen and and Max and 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 Nils and, and little Steven and, you know and, yeah and Steven of course and but and and Maureen and, and but also I'm passionate about bourbon it's yeah something I learned a lot about and I, I wanted to interview CEOs of bourbon companies and it yes it's got a financial name to it but I'm more interested in hearing CEOs stories so you know having the CEO of JetBlue uh, who I would love to have on this week 
and ask yeah. him about the guy, the guy who um, had uh, uh, double the uh, the limit of uh, the, the the drinking limit and got on the plane to be yeah. the pilot um, the other day. But anyway, um, you know, it's I I think it's by listening, by being curious, that's how you create you know an audience and and, and have fun with it. I think so. And, you know, I keep saying this over and over again, especially I get pushback from people. Oh, Jesse, I don't have a story to tell. I don't have anything exciting. Like, oh, your your listener, Mitch, he's seen, you know, X amount of shows. That's, you know, what can I, I've never even seen Bruce live. A couple of my guests, like, you know, uh, Rachel, you know, that we both mutually, you know, she saw, you know, Rachel loves Niels and Amy and Bruce, and she got to see Bruce for the first time, uh, you know, on Broadway this past summer. And um, and I will put her fandom against anyone. And, and she told a great story. I, I, you know, so I just I try to I try to tell my potential guests, like, if I do this right you're going to forget that if we're being recorded and you're going to think we're in line waiting to go to the show and we're just talking and, and that's what I want. That's and that's what my listeners want. Right. It's a conversation and yeah. it's just, it, it, and, 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 and I, and I think it's really important that I point something out that, you know, I, I, this, it always worries me. People hear these stories and I know I've had some been very blessed with a lot yeah. of lucky things and, like I said, I've made a lot of my own luck. I mean, yeah. listen, I, I got connected to Larry King because he was a guest on Charlie Rose's show that I was interning, a TV show in Washington. And I went up to him and I asked him out to lunch. And, you know, that's the thing you do. I was a graduating yeah. student. Uh, I, when Reagan was shot, my dorm room was literally across from the GW hospital room he was in. And I went up to Leslie Stahl of CBS News and said, why don't you guys film out of my room? You'll get a much better shot. I wound up getting a great internship at CBS News from it. Um, so you do make, you've got, you have to, yeah. you know, have the chutzpah sure. sometimes to, yeah. to make your own luck. But I'm human like everybody else. I've suffered through good times and bad times. Sure. I've gone through depression. I've gone through anxiety. Um, I struggle you know, with uh, uh, something called the imposter syndrome, when you get successful in a career that you never expected, yeah, uh, you feel like you weren't entitled to it. And, you know, we all have these demons and, and these things that, that, that pop up throughout our lives. And I mean, you know, um, you know, when, when you were going through your cancer situation, I, 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 I you know, there's nothing more important than, than your health. Right. And, and knowing and knowing that was, you know, extremely upsetting for, for your yeah. friends and family and your yeah. fans. And 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 I also lost a really good friend who I don't know if you ever got to meet or knew Vic from Barcelona, but I, I, I want to make sure I mention him tonight because he's okay. a very it's a very special Springsteen fan. Um, he was known as VFEN boss. OK. Um, and his videos were about as good as they could come from just about shows all over the world. I mean, he was a fan for many, many years. I met him in the, in, during the reunion tour. Um, and, and, you know, we actually went to shows together. Actually, I'm going to the light of day show next week, whether Bruce will be there, who knows he's in Florida this week, but um, I went to many of those shows with Vic and Vic was one of the happiest people I ever met. And he loved Bruce. And I just posted today a video when I was doing something for a, a Bruce site that I won't give credit to. Um, they Let's just put it this way. Everything the Spring Nuts do correctly, they did the opposite. Yeah. But anyway, during the 2016 tour, um, I was doing for free just some interviews while I was in the pit. And I, and I, I interviewed him and I just happened to have posted it today. And it was so nice to see him. And Anyway, he died tragically uh, Christmas Eve um, in 2019, and yeah. um, uh, and he was the prosecutor of Barcelona. And when my son went to uh, do his junior year um, abroad in Barcelona, you know, this guy looked after him. And and when we visited, uh, hung out with him, and 
and he he one of his clients um, was uh, was Messi, um, you know, one of the great soccer players in the world. And wow. uh, you know, my son got to meet him and got autographs and all this stuff while he was there. And you know, th- these are the people that love Bruce and that love music, and we lose some of them, and it's 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 horribly tragic and. His death is, was horribly tragic, but the memories that I had with him at so many shows, like the finale at Mohegan Sun on the Wrecking Ball tour stands out to me. Um, but anyway, I, I think that you mentioned Rachel and, and, and you know, there's just a, there's a lot of really, really wonderful people. As long as they, and, and I don't know, We'll get into a whole conversation about Twitter, but Twitter is a bit of a sewer and, and, and people, some people are just so negative and nasty. And, and, and that's why we have all these problems in the world today. And, and, and I just, you know, it's, this is what, who has time for that kind of nastiness? So you're so true, Mitch. And I, I find myself being guilty about it. In fact, I tweeted the other day that I need to be kinder. And then, you know, Ted Cruz, posted a picture well, no, some people his... no but wait some people know yeah. let's let's be fair yeah, yeah. <laughs> there are some people i'm not talking about attacking ted cruz or trump or anything okay. like that. Yeah. that i'm is, just saying there's a special <laughs> or putin right now right yeah exactly but i'm talking about you know yeah the the racists that are out there and yeah. and, and the, the ted cruises that are out there and exactly and, and also the people that like to pry on other people for no reason and you know so my friend stevie you know i mean steve tweets like crazy in fact his tweet was on uh on rachel maddow or or one of the shows last night and you know he's very outspoken but you know anyone who read his book understands great yes yeah so that's a great segue um by the way um another great writer uh, Todd Goldberg, who was on the show, um, tweeted that if the White House needs someone to help them on transitions, he's available. Because as much as I love the State of Union, I do feel like there was very little transitions. I mean, he just would go to one subject or another. It's like, wait a minute, we're connect. But anyway, um, as my transition, um, there are a few people that can be um, very negative. And there's one specific person that never seems to think Bruce is doing enough. And, um, and I kind of put on, well, okay. In the past three years, let's talk about all this man has done. So that's my question to you. You have been a fan for a long time. Can you, do you remember when a time when he was this busy considering they're not touring. I it no. feels oh like God, this no. guy is just, you know, the radio show, the the President Obama podcast, going back on Broadway, uh, you know, the no nukes. I mean, just it seems like he has this burning desire to create. And I do think it might be because he is itching to get on the road. It's like, it's like in 2016, when you and I were talking, no way we would say five years from now, we haven't had a tour, right? <laughs> like we would have bet right. money. Impossible. Yeah. Impossible. Right. Right. So talk yeah, to you, a you know, bit about I, it. I think that's a great thing to talk about. I, you know, because, you know, I go back to the days of being in college and, you know, going to the village and getting a bootleg record and, 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 you know, the one thing you would never get was interviews, right? You would never, you know, occasionally maybe, you know, a pop up during the born in the USA era, there were one or two interviews, but really nothing. Right. And he wasn't doing radio, you know, shows, and he certainly wasn't doing television. And, and you went through, there was a mystery to, to the man and to his life. And I think he reached a point probably through therapy, I would guess, um, yeah. you know, dealing with his own depression that he needed an outlet every single day. Mm-hmm. And that is why he has maintained, you know, this incredibly busy schedule, uh, because he has to work. He can't, it's, it's not just shkulkas or pants in your pants with this guy. I mean, it's yeah. truly the creative juices have to be flowing. So, 
you know, while, you know, th this year we're not getting the tour, um, which is, which is very sad, but and the reality of that for anyone who doesn't know any of the reasons is they kept losing, they kept losing stadiums. They lost stadiums. They'd lose hotel rooms. They canceled, they this, they that, you know, and it got to the point where they finally, during Omicron, when it was heating up early in January, yeah. cut it all off. I mean, the tour was supposed to start in Barcelona in February. Yeah. All right. Um, right now, we'd be talking, tickets would be on sale for opening night that was going to be in Providence or Hartford that I think was going to be um, first week of May. You know, anyway, because as Steven said, you can't cancel a tour that was never announced. Exactly. But, yes, I did find that was funny. I wanted you to finish your yeah. thought, but I did think it was funny for people in very get small minority of the and and Twitter is where I get a lot of my guests from. So I'm not going to bite the hand that feeds me. But you do have a point. There are parts of it that are very unlikable, and the people on Twitter like unfended that they haven't officially canceled the tour they haven't officially announced. Like, come I, on, yeah, guys. Come on. Yeah, what? It's, Forget it's, about it's, it. What are you talking it's, about? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And he's, listen, he, tra the, the band's been together. I can, I can say this publicly. The band's been together a number of times over the last year. Um, part of it, and again, I got this from Max, and he yeah. said it on my podcast. Um, number one, on I'm putting the finishing touches on, the second tracks record, which, you know, it was done and mixed just, you know, figuring out a, a, a release date. And according to Max, um, Bruce wrote a lot of songs um, in a real, I kind of, he kind of went through a rockabilly phase. Okay. And there are some songs that, you know, it's interesting because Gary Talent's record was very rockabilly. Yes, it but, was. Um, but when he recorded these, he just recorded them with, you know, just all synthesizers for drums and this and that. And he decided he wanted to re-record a bunch of those songs. So I know the band has re-recorded a bunch of these songs um, mm -hmm. in, at, at, uh, at Rock Hill Farm or whatever in Colts Neck. And, and that, you know, I, I think it is very possible that when that tour starts, I guess in 2023, you know, we're going to have all the Western stars material. We're going to have, you know, um, you know, letter to you material. Yeah. We're going to have tracks too. We're going to have this, whatever this album is, that's rockabilly ish. Um, yeah. And, and there's just going to be this, you know, just like feast of material yeah. that, that now the, the fans like us that have seen him so many times, we're, we're, we're down for all new material. Like, yeah. you know, you, I, I'm happy to have a show that doesn't have Badlands Born to Run, Glory yeah. Days. I, I don't. I don't yeah. need any of those songs. Right. I really, I really want to hear Moonlight Motel, and yeah. I really want to hear, you know, Stones, and I really want to yeah. hear Full Priest Band. Yeah. You know, um, and I and it should be interesting because you know Bruce how he's going to play that because um, you know there's 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 a lot of young fans that have never seen him before. Now there is a rumor, and I'm not a rumor monger but i do have a, a ticket yeah. guy who's pretty pretty good who called me last week and said you know he's hearing bruce just booked another theater um for a few more months on broadway mm. um that i don't understand that and he thinks it's happening um i have this little fantasy in my head that they've booked a theater for the east street band to do maybe a few months of shows that would maybe be cool. in the fall that's, Instead of touring, I, just have that. Yes. Yeah. Well, you know, it's the Billy Joel thing. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it, it, it's, you know, really having the residency and yeah. this may not be good for, for Texans, but, but, yeah. you know, and, and maybe just great for Jersey guys, Yeah. but why not, you know, have the East street band play, uh, I don't know, let's say 10 to 12 shows a month for four straight months or five straight yeah. months. Um, at maybe two or three locations, you know, at um, if, if it's a winter at the garden or at, at um, uh, Eyeside, the old Burn Arena or Prudential mm -hmm. Center here in New Jersey, you know, and maybe he has somewhere centrally located, yeah. maybe somewhere in the West Coast. And people will come. Yeah, they know, will. To, to, to use the Field of Dreams thing. People yeah. will come. They will come yeah, they will. from all over the world 
um, to see him. And then the band, you know, these guys in their seventies don't have to travel so much. Yeah. Now, meanwhile, I'm going to see a guy uh, who's, you know, playing the night before his 80th birthday in June. Yeah. I mean, you know, the fact that McCartney's doing this tour is just absolutely incredible. It's crazy. But, you know, uh, his vegan lifestyle has worked for him, I guess. And yeah, he's uh, he's pretty amazing. All right. So I want to do some quick hits and then sure. we definitely have to get to Mary question. So just okay. a few thoughts um, catching up in six years. Uh, Western stars. Film and the CD. OK, uh, well, start. I'll start with the, the, the CD, the, the album. Yeah. Um, staggering. Yeah. I, you know what? And, and, and but I'm glad you brought up the film. Yeah. And I, I was lucky enough to interview Tom Zimney twice. Yes. Great film. About this yeah, great. In his, great discussion. In his studio. Yeah. And 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 I said this to Tom and I really mean it. I liked the record. Yeah. But when I watched it live and we all pretended we were sitting in that barn with him so holding I, our tequila i know you've heard this but i have to interrupt you linda sure. whispered to me and said you are so jealous of those people in that barn aren't you i said damn right i am damn right I oh am. my god <laughs> how could we not be I, yeah i remember i asked tom i said who was there and he said he said i'm telling you there weren't famous people. I mean, yes, yeah, Stephen and Maureen were there and, and Max was there yeah. one, with one of the two nights. But it, it wasn't really, it was just Bruce's friends and Patty's friends. That's all it was. Yeah. Um, but when I watched those songs live, it just gave me such, and this is all, this is all about Bruce live, which is why yeah. I became a fan seeing him live. Third song of the night, Spirit in the Night. You know, I had heard the song, but when yeah. I saw it live, it changed everything for me. So the, the film made the move made the album it's a great album there's not a bad cut on it i've, yeah. I've been listening a lot to it lately yeah um it was really a great experience letters to you um was was just a lot of a lot of fun i mean you know hear a song like burning train which was just so east street and so yes. kick-ass and obviously we all believe will open whatever the next yeah. tour will be because it's a great tour opener kind of a song. Um, it's a really wonderful album. Um, I do I do like it. I, I think, and Tom really captured how amazing yeah. the band was in putting it together. That great I mean, film. They, they, did it. Yeah. They, they did it in four days, and, yeah. and it's amazing. And, and you really got to see how critical every person in that room is, especially, I'm, I'm a little biased with Steven, but yeah. I mean, you know, he, he, you know, he was directing people and, 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 and you got a talent like Lofgren who goes in there and you don't have to tell him anything, you know, and he creates riffs that are incredible. Well, and, 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 and it's yeah. just, well, there staggering. is that one point, right. Where little Steven is talking and you go, Oh my God, I've always heard that when Steven is being interviewed, he says, I based my performance as Silvio and Tony with my relationship with Bruce. And uh, when right. that film, you go, holy, yes, that, I mean, you saw that so clear. And, and the, the banter between them, like, oh, oh, that's important. We aren't doing the course now. That's a good thing. And, and to see them, right, um, Terry Smith, uh, you know, talked about, he says, you know, I, I guess in some interview, I, you may remember which one was it, was it Charlie or Max or who, someone said, hey, Bruce, let's not go in there and try to beat the demo. Just tell us what you want. And they're all sitting there with their paper and pads as he's talking about it, it was a great experience. It, it was just wonderful. Yeah, I yeah, and when you watch the 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 darkness stuff from the promise, yeah. um, you know, from the DVD that that, yeah. that Tom did there, and you know, one of my favorite scenes, I think everyone loves Bruce yeah. and Stephen there doing Sherry Darling on that on that piano in the hallway, yeah. and 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 and, and Stephen, you could just see that he's he's telling them try it this way, try it, yeah. it's it's it's. And that's what makes a band, and that's and, and that that's, is what that's, makes a band. Yeah, that's what. There's no I in. Springsteen. 
How about Broadway? Maybe there is. So did you um, go both runs? Yeah, yeah. I um I went uh let's say I think yeah three times on each run. Okay. Um and what was interesting about the, the timing was I really wanted to see I was lucky enough to be at both opening nights and and also lucky enough to be at if not the closing night one of the last few nights to yeah. see the difference. Um I found the second time to be an, an emotional, gut-wrenching, I, I found it so much more emotional, personally. I, yeah. I, I, I mean, you know, it was beautiful the first time around. Yeah. The second time around, it was, I mean, it, it borderline being, on, being painful. I mean, those yeah. were real tears, you know, and he brought his father back to life every night. And yeah. Um, they were, they were, they were a gift to the fan. They, they were really just, were. Those shows were an absolute gift to the fan. And, uh, and he was just so generous and, and it was very sad. The opening night on the second tour with people protesting out front about oh, the mask mandate yeah. and the vaccine and, and, oh, the, and oh. an interesting quick story on that. Yeah. I wound up getting this great picture because, um, you know, I, 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 I notice this crowd that's going crazy and I see Tony who we all know and yeah. Tony comes over and he moves from the, the stage door to literally the open the front door. So my buddy and I, David, who go to a lot of shows together, we're like, follow Tony. And we're just standing. No one else is there. It's Tony. And then my buddy, David and I standing back a little bit and up comes the car and there comes Bruce. Mm -hmm. And I got a great picture of him with his mask on waving. Yeah. That got picked up by the New York Post the next nice. day. Nice. And, and, um, yeah, I, it's, it's just, you know, just, it was just so beautiful. But at, at all this beauty, you also had all this hate, you yeah. know, just like, you know, yeah. Have you heard any, have you heard rumors or heard any from with your friends among friends that, those of us who did not get to go to New York for the second, are we going to be able to see that some kind of version of that on some kind of um, release? Um, I've asked Tom and I've not gotten an answer. Okay. Um, I don't believe I'm not aware that anything was filmed. Okay. That, well, I know things were filmed, but I don't believe they were filmed in a special way. Okay. I hope I'm dead wrong. And yeah. Actually, I would think what they probably could do is come out with just a special release of, you know, Fire and, and you know, and, and, and um, American Skin and, and the changes that he made yeah. there. Um, it would be nice. Um, yeah. I, you know, at least have an audio release because. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's what I would. Know, I mean, I would love to see it in video, but at least audio would be nice. It's very yeah. good. Um. So you saw it on the first, first I did. I, I was able first, to see it yeah. on the first yeah. one. And, um, right. and selfishly, right. I was like, don't change anything. Don't change anything. Don't change anything, Bruce, because if you change something now, I'm going to like, I was okay. It was a minor it. change. It Jesse. was, yes, it was. It was. Really, yeah. And it was really just, I think it was just well, like the circumstances, you know, Patty we've all, yeah, yeah, we've all lived through such right. Of, of horrible right. Year. And we just had the George, the George Floyd yeah. incident. So, you know, American skin made a lot of sense, but um, it really was the same show. I mean, the, the, yeah. the emotional part I just found because his mother, the, 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 the Alzheimer's had gotten so progressively worse yeah. over that two years. Um, and, you know, she doesn't speak. She yeah. sits in a wheelchair. She's, she's, you know, maybe I don't even know if there's a smile there anymore. I mean, I, I talked to Pam a few months ago and, you know, things are not great, but yeah, I, you know, my God, the woman's had an incredible life and, she is. and, uh, you know, it's those uh, Springsteen's good genes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Look really, at her, right. Yeah. Um, and that's a very talented woman, Pam Springsteen. Yes. Um, and she doesn't get enough credit if you haven't, you know, Willie Nelson's last three records. Uh, she's done the album covers. She did the covers of his book. She's done a lot of other album covers. And, you know, everybody wants to talk to her about, you know, being in Fast Times at Ridgemont High and the silly little movies that she was in. 
I won't get into that, but yeah, um, very talented photographer. And and watching her and Frank Stefanko has Frank been on your show? Yes, he has been. Good, good. Yeah, okay. he was. He was very. Is there good. a nicer? Is there a nicer no, guy than Frank? Stefanko? He was very nice. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And uh, I will tell you. Um, talk about um, Brian Copelman was as was just the sweetheart. You know, I, I just, it, it was funny. It was like over a year he'd been, yeah, yeah. I want to be on your podcast, Jesse. Very polite, but you know, the man's busy and it was hilarious. Sunday morning in my inbox, Jesse, I have nothing going on today. If you can make it work, I'd love to be on your podcast. Well, Mitch, what do you say? <laughs> you know, I told my well, lovely yeah, but- bride, Hey, guess what? I'm going to talk to, you know, Mr. Compliment. And, uh, you know, he was, he said, yeah, just, you know, whatever your normal, you know, these is. things. Yeah, and, and what I love about your show is like, you know, you put it out there, you find all these unique people. And, and I think you've realized the secret is that, well, if you don't ask, you don't get, I yeah. mean, and then things come to you. I mean, I'll just throw yeah. this last thing out. I mean, you know, all of a sudden I get a, a LinkedIn message one day I had posted, I think it was during the George Floyd thing, a really great clip from one of my favorite shows as a kid, the Munsters um, yeah. of, of Herman Munster telling uh, Eddie about, you know, it's, it's not about the color of your skin. It's the, yeah. the character and all this stuff. And, and I posted the video and I posted something about it. I got a LinkedIn message from maybe somebody. I don't even, I'm not even sure how I knew this person. Guess what? Butch Patrick is a close friend. Would you like him on your podcast? I said, yeah. What's oh, your yeah. number? And I, gave, sure. I gave the guy my cell number. Two days later, I'm sitting outside on my porch with the family. The phone rings and it, and it looks up and it says Butch Patrick. And I said, guys, excuse me, Eddie Munster's on the phone. <laughs> I yes. mean, I mean, really, Eddie yeah. Munster. I mean, you know. There we go. Yeah. All right, Mitch. <laughs> I It will not be another six years. I promise that because we we – I would love to hear stories and, and next time we'll, we're going to either, we're going to, we're going to have, you know, we're going to talk about King. We're going to talk. We're going to do it in person next time. Oh, that would be great. That would be awesome. Yeah. All right. But you were on me so early episode 50, believe it or not. Um, I wasn't asking the Mary question that if you have, if you're joining because you're a fan of Mitch's podcast, and if you are, thank you for listening to this little one. Jay Armstrong, former honors English teacher, recent book author, Bedtime Stories for the Living, would do a class where he would teach. He would break down Thunder Road and they would look at all the lyrics, look at the themes Bruce does, covers. And at the end of two days, ask the question, does Mary get in the car? Mitch Slater, that's your question. Does Mary get in the car at the end of Thunder Road? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know what? She had, she has dreams just like Bruce, just like, you know, Bruce's character. And this was her chance for her dreams. I compare Mary in Thunder Road to Cameron Crowe's sister in Almost Famous. Oh, that's a good, yes. This was her opportunity and it just had to be the right person. And for her, it was to be the airline stewardess that led her to, to wherever she went. But for, for Mary, you know, I think she looked back at her life and she looked back at her family and she looked at this guy that, you know, had dreams and had vision and she got in it and her dress swayed, by the way. There you go. <laughs> Mitch, if someone wants to reach you, how can they? Uh, best way is, um, well, you can certainly find me at MP Slater on Twitter. Um, if you just type in uh, Mitch Slater podcast, you'll get right to uh, the, the show, um, which my company exclusively has on Spotify. Uh, that's not my decision. Just putting that out there. Yeah. Um, I would like to have it in other locations and, and I'm working on something that within a few months will change that. Okay. But um, you know, I'm, I'm as my wife and kids will tell you, I'm probably the easiest person in the world to find because I never shut up. You can find me out there. Um, and I, I, I love talking to people and I'm love to anybody has questions or, or I can help anybody in any way. That's why we're on this earth. Jesse is, is to help one another 
and and to make somebody's life a little bit better each day because you know this ain't easy it's one of the reasons i love uh five for fighting and i love the song world and, and everything yeah. that john andresic does uh in, in his world a guest that i have not been able to get he just doesn't seem to want to do any podcast at all but his music is spectacular and 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 what i love about that is he cares about our military and he cares a lot about our freedom and he cares a lot about kindness because kindness is contagious well that is well said someone asked on twitter how do you end your podcast and i said over the past two years since covid i have ended go get vaccinated go get boosted and let's all be kind to each other because that's the only way we're going to get through this so thank you mitch thank you listeners we will talk to you soon goodbye this podcast would not be possible without my wonderful group of patrons. I want to send a special thanks to John Munson, Mary Thomas, Terry Smith, Dale Hosick, Andrew Goddard, Stephen Malio, Alex Samada, Anna Lynn, Chris Bloom, Holly Mack, and Captain America, a.k.a. Steve Rogers. Thank you guys for supporting the podcast. Your support means the world to me. And you are forever in my heart. You just heard the fun talking, hard rocking, music loving, album ranking, fan thinking, joy spreading, lyric reading, story sharing podcast that is the one, the only, said Listening Bruce. The theme for Set Lessing Bruce was written by David Rosen, used by permission. What would you do to achieve the American dream? The big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would they shop? Would they shop? Would you kill? Yes. <laughs> My mom and dad. My mom and my dad. From Airship, the studio behind American Scandal, comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions, and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, Whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, The Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts, or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at IntoHistory.com.